I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wrestle-moi, Peter. Wrestle-moi, Pierre. <laughs> I will thank you to call me that. <rire> avec, avec toi, c'est le podcast spectacule. Ah oui, ça va très bien, merci. Asseyez-vous <rire> la classe. Je regarde l'ordinateur. J'ai une tringle comme ça. <rire> that means I have an erection like that. <rire> And that's the way it is. <rire> Le Gang Rules. Le Gang Rules. That is the tagline for the 1997 Survivor Series. What? Mark. A thrilling three hours. <laughs> this next three hours is going to be, Pete. Oh, Mark, I had such fun uh, watching this. Um, it was um, stressful mm. and confusing because it turns out uh, Montreal, uh, well, Quebec French is not French. Nope, not French They're just making all. it up. No, I, I've been to Quebec yeah. many, many years ago and I no one had said to me, Quebecois is entirely different from French. Mm. So I went into a shop and I was, you know, using schoolboy French. Mm. We, all, we all speak a little bit of schoolboy <laughs> French. We do. Le français d'une garçon d'école. And I was in the shop and I just, I just basically say, uh, you know, bonjour monsieur, c'est le, le boisson ici. Mm. Uh, and he just went, what? What? <laughs> and I said, oh, je parle un peu de français? No. Didn't mean anything to him. Right. I, I, I don't know what Quebecois is. <laughs> They're called French Canadians. Yeah. What's that about? It's a bit. Is like... it just like because the, they sound a bit fancy? They go, <laughs> "Yeah, it's French." <laughs> it's like it's like the old Louis C.K. routine. Was like, "Are you? Uh, are you? Is this India?" <laughs> you go, "No." He go, "Ah, you're Indians." Fuck <laughs> yeah. it. It's. Uh, I mean, the only like comparison I could think is like English bulldog because they don't speak English either, <laughs> no, and, and, and they've got a a. <laughs> Guttural language <laughs> that, that doesn't sound like one you've heard before. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, bon, bonjour, uh, tous les uh, écouteurs de Quebec. <laughs> Bienvenue. Oh dear. Um, so yeah, we're, we're back with a new WrestleMe, and we're doing uh, Survivor Series. <laughs> Something outside the remit, but it, it kind of makes sense because we kind we can't miss this out, really, can we? No. This is this is as an event. It's actually spectacular. Mm. It's worth watching it under any circumstances. Yeah. But this under has... any circumstances should have been the tagline for this. Uh, uh, this is... The main event of this pay-per-view mm. is the single most talked about and puzzled over and analysed wrestling match in the history of wrestling. Yeah. There has never been a match 
as controversial as and still sort of really unresolved mm. uh, in history. Yeah, and it's uh, uh, the best thing about it is it's that rarest thing in wrestling. Wrestling is a predetermined sport, mm. and what you have here is something that is real. Yeah, and that is priceless. Mm. How real it is. No one's sure of, which makes it even more exciting. Yeah, exactly. Because I sort of came down on one side of things, and then you told me some new information, and now I don't know what to think. Do Mark. You know, if, I'm in a spin. If it is, there, there, there's, oh. there's. I wouldn't even say it's a conspiracy. There are a mm. lot of people who say this is not just a case of one wrestler being screwed by another and the management around it. Very simply, the Montreal Screwjob, Bret Hart is leaving WWF for WCW. He's the champion. The man they want to take the belt off him is Shawn Michaels. The two have such a dislike of each other that Bret Hart does not want to lose the belt to Shawn Michaels. Certainly not in Canada, where he's a huge national hero. Yeah. So what basically happens is they go into the match, Bret Hart thinks it's going to end in a disqualification, but Shawn Michaels puts on a submission move, and the referee, who is working cahoots with Shawn Michaels, calls for the bell. Yeah. And Bret Hart has supposedly submitted, so he... he has lost the title and he's lost in Montreal to Shawn Michaels, the thing he didn't want to do. Mm. This big question is, did, was it the screw job? <laughs> was it a screw job? Or, let me tell you, Pete, a wheel being screwed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I oh, mean... Oh, your man exploding. It will... We'll get to it, I presume. I mean, we will definitely will, because that's literally why we're here. But... Yeah. I was very much um, excited by the prospect of it being a screw job, and then I watched the documentary Wrestling with Shadows, yeah, um, which is a great watch. Just as well, just watching like um, like late nineties kind of documentary filmmaking, really, you oh. don't you don't see those kind of techniques as much anymore, and everything's a bit. I wouldn't say hawky and staged, but it's quite interesting how, how they've done it. And um, and then I came down the side that it was just uh, as they would call. Work a work, yeah, and uh, to use wrestling parlance. Oddly, what the actual existence of that film, Wrestling with Shadows, mm. which has a lot of footage taken by the WWF yeah. within it, mm. uh, the existence of that, something that happened with a court case, suggests that it wasn't a hoax, the, right. the screw job, that it was real mm. because there were some very serious. Uh, basically, what had happened is the the filmmaker Paul J had been following Bret Hart. He was a Canadian filmmaker. Mm. And the film had been made by one of the National Film Boards of Canada. It had been, um, uh, not sponsored, what's the word? Funded. Funded, yeah. And Paul Jay was making this film about Bret Hart, who was, at one point, the most famous Canadian in the world. Mm. And part of that was following him uh, in his WWF career. Yeah. What Paul Jay lucked into, as all the great documentaries do, is a much bigger story. Yeah. And the bigger story was that Bret Hart, after 14 years, was going to be leaving the WWF. And he's there to film it the whole way through. Now, what happens with Paul Jay is when the pay-per-view goes off air, Bret Hart has supposedly submitted, and Shawn Michaels has run to the back, and bar a spit in the face of Vince McMahon... Mm. It's impossible to say what has happened. Yeah. This was one of the first times the internet and wrestling really came together because right. the next day everyone was going, what happened there? And then there was a lot of conjecture. And right. that really, I think to some degree, you can look at that as being a real ground mm-hmm. zero for the internet wrestling community. Mm. Because- I, would, I would really like to see those kind of like, 
you know, same day or next day kind of reactions. They're, they're, what they what they thought had happened, what they yeah. surmised, and and even even the Wrestling Observer, which was <coughs> and, and remains the the the, the key. Uh, journalistic mm. publication that writes about wrestling and does very much the behind the scenes, is interested in it as a business rather than as an entertainment product. Yeah. They, they try to piece it together. They did the most conclusive job anyone could have done. But the story was still changing week by week mm. about who knew what and about... The problem is in wrestling, it's also... A, a, there's a, a big history of you don't tell the punters what's going on. Yeah. Everything is kept... So they're used to, in some ways, lying and deceit, mm. and all of those things came out. I mean, it is just the most exciting thing. But, this, but this film, it, it basically had all the backstage stuff, and it caught the moment where Bret Hart punches Vince McMahon afterwards and he accuses Shawn Michaels saying, what are you doing, Shawn Michaels? I didn't do anything. Mm. And uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, yeah. Triple H, saying I knew nothing about it. The referee, all- I just called it, he said ring the bell, so I did it, blah, blah, blah. All of these lies were being captured by this documentary film right. crew. Now, you would think, but Vince McMahon would not want that stuff getting out. And that's exactly what happened. Mm. So as soon as it was over, Vince McMahon turned around and said... I am tearing up the contract. And the contract was that they would supply footage for the film, but they would also allow the names and likenesses of their trademark wrestlers to right. be used. So if you can't say Shawn Michaels mm. and you can't say Vince McMahon and you can't even say WWF, you've got no film. Mm. So Paul Jay uh, launched a lawsuit against Vince McMahon to... Um, obviously get the the thing that had been promised to him which was the footage you mm. can't tell it without you can't tell that story without the footage yeah um and what happened is vince mcmahon said no and wcw the big competitors stepped in and said to paul jay we will pay for the court case you will win and we will then put your film out on pay-per-view and on the Turner Broadcasting Network for years to come. Wow. Because, obviously, Turner owned WCW, and they also own all Turner movies and things like Mm. that. And what happened is when when WCW came in, Vince McMahon is locked within this wrestling war with them. Vince McMahon said, "Okay, okay, I don't want WCW to have it. You can have what we agreed on, but I'd like one thing, which is you will never, ever put it on a Turner channel. And that was the agreement they came to. Mm. Now, the problem with saying it's a hoax is if you take something through court, mm. you it's a really serious thing if it turns out you were all in on this mm. and you were doing this for publicity or to further a wrestling storyline. That's a really serious thing. Under oath, people would be lying. Mm. That Then they would have perjured themselves and that is a massive offence. So a couple of the, the legal elements to do with the filming of Wrestling With Shadows mm. actually lend a bit of credence to it being a genuine screw job. Yeah, I... D- <clears throat> I guess we'll come on to it in in in, in a future um, episode of Wrestle Me when, when when we get to the actual main event itself. Um, but yeah, I didn't know what the cock is sort of thing. So to sort of, I was watching that documentary. I was going, oh yeah, now that was a massive work. Um, mm. But that just the my only kind of like thing about my head was sort of thinking, well. If it is, this is the, the the most foresight that the WrestleMania, yeah. the, the, the WWE has ever shown, because they just never. They're always like, you know, the next six months or the next three months. Just yeah. get through that, and we'll be fine. It's also they, they never look further than that. You are looking at something which is now nearly twenty five years old, mm. and none of the people involved with it have come forward and said, 
yeah, it was it was the greatest wrestling anger of all time. Mm. The only thing that's changed is some of the people who said I didn't know anything about it have been shown to have lied, right. and they have now a lot of them admitted. So Shawn Michaels and Triple H have all admitted yes, we were involved. Right? There's uh, X Pac, the wrestler. He uh, made a comment. He believes it was a work, mm. and he believes it's a work for two reasons. The first one, he said, "How did Bret Hart not see it coming?" Mm. He said it was so obvious, and you can see that in Wrestling With Shadows, that everyone is paranoid and everyone seems to be building up to something happening that night. Mm. And he says, Bret Hart is not stupid. How can he have been fooled by this? The other thing that he says is he believes that a lot of the people who were involved were not told about the involvement of other people. And to this day, it was so compartmentalised and worked out Mm. that even the people who were in it don't know what other people know. Yeah. So there's a possibility. There is a lot of wrestlers say it could be a hoax. But Mm. the thing that talks about Mm. that not being a hoax is that 25 years later, no one's ever come out and said, wasn't it brilliant? Mm. Now, what it did do was it changed WWF's fortunes completely. They were in financial trouble, which is part of the reason they had to get rid of Bret Hart. And this entirely changed their fortunes because it created Vince McMahon as the biggest villain in the history of wrestling. Mm. And with Stone Cold Steve Austin rising up, you had this Stone Cold versus Vince McMahon, who was the boss, who everyone legitimately hated because he'd screwed over, like a real villain, a real person. Mm. Um, The other thing it did was it should have meant that if Bret Hart had left, he would have been the great sort of cheated character who one day would come back and get his revenge. Mm. And that never happened. And it didn't happen for a few reasons. One, he had a very disappointing WCW career that really went nowhere. Um, he, he won their belts and things, but within two years, his career had ended. Right. He was kicked in the head uh, by Goldberg in the main event of Starcade. He got a concussion. He had another couple of matches, uh, but by 2000, his career was over. Right. In 2002, he falls off a bike, Uh, while he's out cycling, and he uh, hits the back of his head and he suffers a stroke. So to all intents and purposes, his in-ring career is over. So there is, I suppose, a possibility that if they were looking at this long-term, one day he would come back and he would have this unbelievable last run Mm. where he got revenge on everyone. And if that was the case, it couldn't have happened because of his injuries. Yeah, They don't (laughs) think about it long enough. You know, it's just... I mean, do I think it's real? Yes, I do. Mm. Do I think people probably had a feeling it was going to happen? Yes, I do. That doesn't mean it's not real. It would. It's it, for me um, when I was watching the documentary, and as I said before, I watched the documentary. I thought, I, I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm in on mm. it. Not uh, um, not being not being a work. Um, but it's just the level of access they were given beforehand. I don't understand why certain things were filmed, why certain people were mic'd up at certain times when they were mic'd up and at other times they I, weren't. I agree entirely. I, I, and the, the funny thing is... And the reaction of the family as well, when, when it all kicks off, I'm like, I don't buy his wife's reaction. Wrestling and... is, a, is also a very private business. Yeah. And I, I still cannot understand under the, which circumstances... Well, I mean, I mean, funnily enough, it did change. I was going to say <laughs> I couldn't understand under what circumstances they'd let these cameras behind the scenes. Mm. But then they do that again for Beyond the Mat, which comes right. out in 2000, uh, a film by Barry Blaustein, which focuses mainly on Mick Foley in the WWF and Terry Funk, who is not in the WWF, mm. but is coming to the end of a, a long career. And why they suddenly went letting everyone backstage, I don't know, but they did. Mm. And oddly, had they just made Wrestling With Shadows, you would say... 
but why did they let them backstage? Mm. They then went on to make another one that was backstage that they weren't involved in. So everything, everything that you go, is that proof that it's a hoax? There's something else that comes along that goes... No. Mm. So it's, again, again, I mean, if it is a work, it's the greatest work of all time. <laughs> if well, it's not, it's one of the greatest wrestling moments it, of all time. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I understand how they cut a documentary because they do <laughs> use sort of obviously heavy foreshadowing and stuff like that. But mm. like, Vince turning up on, t- on WWE TV with a black eye and, and, and in, in Wrestling With Shadows, I sort of got, it was a sort of black eye, so I got, you could probably cover that completely yeah. with, with makeup. And I just sort of go, well... I don't know. That was that was a speech that he gave on Raw the night after. Right. And so they did look at it and go, how do we... How do we sell this? How do we... You know, we've, we've been given lemons, let's make lemonade. Mm. So everyone's interested in this, they'll all tune in, and yeah. if I sit there and I take you behind the scenes, yeah. then that is ratings. At this point, they're still losing on a weekly basis to WCW. Mm. They are desperate. They really... They've never been on the back foot so yeah. much as they are at this point. So they begin to change it, and it does become real. And I think they're saying, if we can just beat them once in the ratings this week, that will be a great boost, and maybe it will help us. And mm. they are using everything Mm. and this falls into their lap um it's worth saying just because i was talking about bret hart his career being over he does return eventually to the wwe he does the hall of fame doesn't he He does the hall of fame but then he also ends up having a wrestlemania match with vince mcmahon right but by which time the steam is entirely out of this yeah and he also he looks so depressed and destroyed by it that's another reason i don't think it was a hoax (laughs) because you can see in wrestling with shadows when it starts he is happy, he's a great sportsman, he's a leading performer. By the end of it, he is a broken, beaten man. He is looking like his dad. Mm. And that never never leaves. The next two years of his career, he just looks depressed and sad. Terrible things happen. Uh, in 1999, his brother, Owen Hart, dies yes. uh, at, at um, uh, the over-the-top over pay-per-view. And... There's something about Bret Hart. The rest, those two years of his career were were not just squandered. He looked depressed and unhappy, and then he became a tragic figure. Mm. It's such a sad way. And and the very fact that that happened, it seems to lend some credence that this is a watershed moment. Mm. And after this, everything goes wrong for him. Well, I mean, we'll... As I said, we'll, we, I mean, uh, we'll, the funny we'll thing about it, event, you know, I mean, we, we could talk about Screwjob <laughs> non-stop for three hours. It's like, like, like all other wrestling podcasts do. They go on for four <laughs> and a bit hours. But, but I mean, it, let's, there is more to it than that. The funny yeah. thing about this whole event is there is palpable anticipation and a bad vibe building <laughs> the entire time. It's, it's so All sponsored tense. by MB Games. Oh, Karate man. Kick Masters or whatever they're called. Uh, karate Fighters. Yeah, the, the MB Karate Fighters. I had no idea that MB uh, stood for Milton Bradley. Yeah. <laughs> that was not something that uh, we ever used back in the day. Milton no, Bradley. There's a good little bit where they start talking about the head of Milton Bradley. <laughs> who, his son and he have gone to a restaurant that they've held where some of the wrestlers are there. And then Jerry Lawler oh. starts going, oh, he'll be sitting up in the skybox, no cheap tickets for him. I was thinking, oh, what did the man from Milton Bradley do that's annoyed everyone? But, oh, Oh man, this is this is. That, those are the best seats. It looked like a sports bar. Yeah. It looked dreadful. <laughs> and the 
The, the best seats in the whole of Quebec. The blimp that they've got floating through. That's a rebadge of uh, the PlayStation blimp, I'm sure. It really is. <laughs> but it reminds me of an innocent, sort of purer time. And it's like seeing an inflatable rabbit balloon floating <laughs> through the LA riots. So down below is just this cauldron of screaming, angry men yeah. with really lewd signs. And everyone is giving each other the bird. <laughs> and a lot of bird All action, the wrestlers are using home homophobic slurs <laughs> and above is this little blimp that says on it karate fighters for Come kids yeah i mean looking that, down if on you're this. familiar with karate fighters I, I did give it a google it's like um the rock'em sock'em robots mm. but it's like a floating version there basically these two karate and you spin the karate guys to fight and if one of them catches the other one in the chest it's got a little button on the chest and the karate master goes flying um it's a great little toy yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind one to be honest i wouldn't mind one again uh, in this environment had you given anyone in the <laughs> crowd one, they'd have immediately, like, you know, called it uh, something awfully anti-gay. <laughs> and then they'd have just started banging it into the head of the person next to them. This is so frightening. With the last WrestleMania we did, which is WrestleMania 13... Yes. That was one that was stuck between two points. Mm. The old WWF, which was all fun and neon and characters. Yeah. And then this newer thing where everyone's super aggressive. Mm. In six months... It's just like everyone has gone absolutely nuts. Well, <laughs> everyone is just smashing up everything and everyone, all the crowd are rabid and screaming. <laughs> and it's really, Not during really the first match, they are. <laughs> no, <laughs> I know that much. This, this, um, the last WrestleMania did not sell out. Yeah. This uh, pay-per-view, the Survivor Series, a B uh, pay-per-view mm. in their schedule. Um, this sold out. Right. 20,680, I think so it was. What does, um, so what, uh, what's Survivor Series all about? Where did it come from? Like, well, the, this, what's, the, what's the whole kind the of The Survivor point of it? Series started in 1987, mm. and it was a classic bit of wrestling promoter meanness. So the WCW, also known as the NWA, was the main competitor to the WWF at that time. Yeah. And they had started a, uh, a new pay-per-view that uh, was doing quite well. Mm. Um, well, the first Survivor Series starts in 1987. Mm. And what it was, at the time, they had one pay-per-view, which was WrestleMania. There's a second pay-per-view Survivor Series. Now, I can't quite remember the chrono chronology of it, but they're in a wrestling war already with the NWA. Right. The NWA are putting on big Thanksgiving shows. And this is the WWF's attempt, really, to steal their thunder. Um, they had this a lot with some major things. So the... the uh, they would things like putting on the Royal Rumble would be a spoiler for NWA putting on everything. Now mm. I know I've got this slightly wrong because I can't remember the the actual chronology of it. Yeah. But what it is is an attempt to make more money, and it's also an attempt to ruin the opposition's you know run. Yeah, big show. Yeah. Now um, the Survivor Series had a really good concept, which was four on four elimination matches. Yeah. So you would have five matches where four superstars would take on another four superstars, and they would keep going until one team had pinned all the others. Right. So there were interesting matchups. There was just a, a more interesting way of, of, of presenting something that became a, a special event. By this time, they're beginning to run out of steam on this elimination matches thing. Yeah. So what you've got here as well, and you've had it for a couple of years, is they're beginning to put on big singles marquee matches as well. Yeah, so it's like a little mixture of, yeah. Because yeah. you can't have four and four for every match. I think it was a nice mix. Yeah, they, they do this slightly because they've got this gang rules 
uh, idea going over the top of it. And what they've got at this point is lots of stables. So they've mm. got the Nation of Domination, they've got the Disciples of Apocalypse, yeah. um, they've got the Canadians and uh, this hastily put together Team America. <laughs> so there, there, are, there are lots of ways of doing it. And this yeah. gang thing is suddenly really big. You begin getting factions. And the reason for that is in WCW, they had set up this invasion angle with the NWO. And that had set the world on fire in mid-1996. Right. So gangs and stables are the biggest thing going. Mm. One of those biggest stables in the WWF is the Heart Foundation. So they are, unfortunately, they don't have a big Heart Foundation match. They'd had one a few months before uh, at a pay-per-view called uh, In Your House uh, Canadian Stampede, yes. which is regarded as being one of the great top-to-bottom cards of all time. Mm. And it took place like this one in front of a rabid Canadian uh, audience. Mm. And so you see the same here. This audience is insanely good. Yeah. They are so excited. They're so partisan. And the whole thing... But it, it's just... There's something bad hanging in the air. There's something <laughs> bad the whole way through. <laughs> you know something... You know it's like going to a house party and you get there and you go, the vibe on this is well off. <laughs> something is brewing here. And you can't... You don't know what's going to happen. The last house party that we went to, um, mm-hmm. you, we watched a man destroy his own um, garden furniture. Yeah. He had quite a lot of drink, I remember. And I was really encouraging him to smash it up. Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of parties we go to. Yeah. And then the same man got a piano out and started playing it. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> want him to smash that up. <laughs> I thought that was much nicer. Um, yeah, that I remember doing that and thinking, God, I'm like, David Koresh. Gang rules. <laughs> gang, uh, I think he gets a mention later on, David Koresh. He, he does. does, he does, yeah. yeah. Uh, gang, gang rules is a thing that never gets mentioned again, though, after the titles. No. no I, I can't remember a commentator mentioning it at any point during any of the four-on-four brawls. It's so funny that afterwards, uh, afterwards, they didn't call this, you know, the incident in Montreal (laughs) or anything like that. They still just went, when you buy it, it's called Survivor Series Gang Rules. So (laughs) basically, if you were like, oh, I'm interested in this, you go to a video shop. I want to watch It would mean nothing to you. Gang Rules. Impossible to sell. Gang Rules. Um, Um, Wow. Oh, I tell you what, you know it's bad because it starts off, they have fireworks right at the start. Yes. They go boom and they Mm. immediately set fire to the floor (laughs) and the cameras just cut away. (laughs) That's a public disaster. Situation, <laughs> and I looked at that and I thought, well, at least nothing else <laughs> awful and weird is going to happen tonight. <laughs> so. the, um, I think this is really where the signs, uh, not only have we fully entered or certainly on the precipice of uh, entering through that door marked Attitude Era and everything getting a bit sexy and naughty, mm. but fuck me, the signs are abusive. Oh, Ass 316, <laughs> one of our favourite ones which you shared on WhatsApp, which was uh, The Undertaker is not a homo. Not a homo. What? Where did that come from? <laughs> what have they heard? <laughs> I sort of wonder if they were thinking, I don't want to have a thing that says Undertaker is a homo, mm. because he could sue me. <laughs> but he can't sue me if I say he's not, not a, a homo. homo. <laughs> but then everyone will go, what? Who says he is? Are people <laughs> saying thinking. The Undertaker is a homo? Exactly. A I, wanted homo. To know, I wanted to know whether he was a top or a bottom, though. Because <laughs> he is a dead man. Undertaker is whatever he wants to be. He's massive, isn't he's he? A, he's a stiff, so he would be a top, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, it's confusing. Oh, um, uh, but uh, th- uh, there was another one that I loved, which was... And again, they haven't taken it off the network. <laughs> Jesse James Road Dog comes out, and yeah. someone holds up a sign that just says on it... Uh, his name is Road Dog Jesse James. Yeah. They hold up a sign that says on it, Drug Man Jesse James. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that why? Because doesn't he turn up later and throw a big bag of yeah white girl? Yeah, <laughs> big ba- bag of I think future. it's 
Is it supposed to be chalk? Yeah, but they used to have a... like weightlifting gimmicks. Yeah, okay, right. But but, but he doesn't look like a... a weightlifter. No, he looks like a man throwing cocaine around. Yeah, a uh, big old bag as well. Uh, my, f- <laughs> there was a great sign into a, as well. Into the face of a wrestler we've seen on video doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I think, in fairness, the man who he throws it into here is actually animal and uh, not, not hawk. hawk. <laughs> Sorry, hawk is. It, we apologise to animal who Sorry. is still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Annoying. <laughs> <laughs> it was hawk was the one who was doing the. I was obsessed with the. Uh, there was a, a, a poster that said "Stone Cold Suck" on it, where someone had drawn Stone Cold's face on a cock and balls. Right, but it looked okay. a bit like a tooth. It was badly right. done. No, I think is it a cock and balls? Right, because I saw this, yeah. and it's it's before the, um, the the Stone Cold Steve Austin match because I just. It, there was two. There was two um, signs actually at that point because mm. it was like <laughs> it's like one one's like a grown man with a big sign saying "Stun me, Steve," <laughs> and and the Stone Cold sucks uh, thing. I don't know whether it's the same one, but yeah, it looked like a tooth, but it also looked like, I think it was two bums, because Pump is coming out of one of them. I swear Pooh is coming I, out of the top. I've got it on my phone. Right, I've got it on my phone too. Have you right. got it on your yeah, phone? I've right, okay, phone. let's have a look at it. Right. This is the... <laughs> I've got it here. Here we go. The, the shaft is his head, but it never really thins out. No, but... Maybe it, it must be a penis look, then, mustn't it, thinking about it? Yeah, because it is... He's not coloured in the top, which means yeah. he's trying to go, it's a glands. Yes. The problem is he's made the glands lighter than the shaft. Now, yeah. normally in, in a cock, you'd colour in the glands mm. and not the shaft. And I think that's the mistake. I also right. think the moustache that he's done in it makes it look a bit like an Italian chef's hat. Yeah, exactly. It's just confusing. It or, is... or possibly a turban. <laughs> like the head looks like a turban. Doubly offensive. Doubly offensive. Um, I wouldn't put it past this Survivor series. My favourite thing about that is that <laughs> sign, Stone Cold Suck, and the other yeah. one that says Undertaker is not a homo. Mm. You see those really early on and yeah. the, uh, the the undertaker one is so prominent oh i mean it couldn't it's on the run out it's, oh. on, it's on the run to the ring he, it, it's massive if you were it's in double <laughs> size sharpie it's incredible if you were one of the members of the truth commission who didn't have a lot of matches <laughs> you were like we look great coming out of the survivor series <laughs> you'd be like well at least i'll take a screenshot oh that can't go up <laughs> the best thing about it so there's the yeah no look he's actually uh, i've got a high res image there okay uh, he, the, he's drawn uh, dimples on the bottom of the Stone Cold Suck image. Let's have a look. Uh, that's that's supposed to be the sort of uh, prickled, oh, the prickled uh, terrain, sort of, of, terrain of, of the nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the best thing about them is you see them it's quite confusing. early on. Confusing. And just before the main event starts, those two guys have somehow got right down to the front, <laughs> totally independently of each other. And you see again, Undertaker is not a homo, and Stone Cold Suck. <laughs> <laughs> Surely they check people for their shitty signs. You can't just write anything. Well, they do now. Yeah. They do now. But I think at this point, it was still very much everything is up for grabs. <laughs> so let's just have. I mean, it does seem a lawless crowd. It's so it's bad. a re- there, there's a bit where Shawn Michaels in the main event goes into the crowd. Yeah, they, they fight and people are just punching him in the back. <laughs> and Bret Hart, <laughs> credit to Bret Hart, he does nothing. The wrestler's code is, of course, you would protect a fellow wrestler. Bret Hart is like you. They can tear his skin off. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> but yeah, the, oh, I wonderful. mean, this, this this first match is so interesting to me because you can see the change in the crowd. Mm. So when they come out, um, Road Dog starts it. I mean, are we are we in a new era? So it's this match is the Headbangers and the New Blackjacks yeah. versus Badass Billy Gunn, Road Dog, and the Godwins. Now. 
this this bit, Road Dog comes out, and you think last WrestleMania we've got Sid. Sid is big, and, and the mm. Undertaker can he take him down? Road Dog comes out, and he says on the mic. Hello, all you maple leaf-loving freaks. I see that steers and queers have already made their way to the ring. Black tracks and butt bangers, you are done for. So he calls the headbangers butt bangers. Blackjacks, he sort of called them black tracks. Black I tracks. I couldn't work out what that was. That doesn't make any sense. No. no. I mean, what he was obviously... Bum bangers I can get on board with. Yeah, uh, yeah the butt bangers. You butt know, bangers, but, sorry. But the whole thing, you sort bum of... Bum bangers is... I mean, bum bangers. Like, we talked bangers. about these before. How much wrestlers love bum bangers. Bum, yeah, the bum bangers. <laughs> bum bum bagger one and bum bagger two. Uh, wearing <laughs> bum bags instead of wrestling masks. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. Your booking is again and then they, off the hook. And then they get a bum bag instead of a belt. It's <laughs> <laughs> made of bum bag. Um, there's there's a weird thing where they come in and they're like showing the blackjacks that they've ruined their hats. And again, oh, yeah, right. this is like a, the, the last time you're going to see that sort of 90s thing of, we ruined your hats. And they go, oh, I'm going to get you. And there's this weird thing of going, we ruined your hats, you faggots. Like, what is going on? This is a horrible clash. That word, let me say, a horrible word, yeah. absolutely horrible. And the crowd begin chanting it at mm. Billy Gunn. And why, why is Billy Gunn getting all of the... I, I, I don't know. I mean, what is this with, with this semi-French crowd? I, I know. That they think that sort of thing is acceptable. Jerry Lawler, that he's sort of joking about it. He says, well, what are the crowd shouting? Something in French, I think, you know. No, no. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's a, an anti-gay slur. Jerry, you fucking arsehole. <laughs> you know, yeah. And it is, it is nuts. The headbangers are wearing sort of skirts because they're emo. And right. Jerry Lawler's laughing about the skirts and everything. Mm. And it, it's really, really unhealthy. <laughs> and the crowd are just going, faggot, faggot, faggot. And any Put that other... in the promo. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to Wrestle Me, available wherever you get your podcast. I was going to say, any time you'd hear that being chanted, you'd go, I don't know what this is, but I am on the other side. Yeah. I am I am not part of that. Yeah. And you watch that and you go, my God, I'm either part of the audience who are all chanting faggot, yeah. or I'm with the wrestlers mm. who come to the ring calling everyone butt bangers. <laughs> There's nowhere for me to go. Oh, it was awful. Nobody wins. Then I noticed that one of the headbangers had a little um, medallion on that had a single S, like in SS. Right. Oh, it's my just God. Well, find me a safe... Not- just <laughs> something that I can grab onto. It's under you know, the ring. Just like get a- under the ring. Don't worry, Bret Hart will be along soon. <laughs> <laughs> He's wholesome. <laughs> See what happens to him. See what oh. you think about him ending his career. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. As I have broken us from all the street tickets and all the rubber rooms across these weak planets. Man, uh, they, 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 they're fighting back and forth and... Um... Road Dog's um, do-rag comes off Mm. and uh, he looks like Justin Bieber. He's got really Justin Bieber (laughs) hair. The reason I mention this is a couple of weeks ago when we did uh, another episode, I said do-rag. Oh, right, okay. And I had uh, a tweet from uh, Jasper J. Entwistle, who Uh, is my... Who sounds like a wrestler. (laughs) Jasper J. Entwistle. Uh, It's like a a, a comedy manager character, isn't it? Yeah, massively. Jasper J. Entwistle. It's IRS, that's what it is. Yeah. He, he, uh, He builds himself as a self-appointed Ebonics teacher and he wanted to point out that I said do-rag and it is actually do-rag. do-rag. So uh, uh, that's why I threw that little bit in there. That's, wasn't um, Hulk Hogan, uh, didn't he ban do-rags in his uh, restaurant? Have we talked about that before? Yeah. He basically... He basically banned all things that um, uh, inner city black men wear. Yeah, <laughs> that was the only thing. Hey. Like, don't uh, don't show your pants. Don't have trousers on your ankles. Yeah. Uh, don't wear a door rags. Don't wear do rags. Don't wear this. Don't wear that. It was basically you're just describing black people yeah. now, aren't you? Uh, hey, hey, Pete, Pete. <laughs> don't judge Hulk Hogan by his restaurant policy. Judge him by, by the, the words that he, that he says <laughs> when he's fucking one of his friend's wives. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the least you can do for a man. Um, there's a bit here as well where. Bradshaw uh, uh, is is pinned, mm. and basically what happens is he's not pinned. So he he is on the floor. He kicks <laughs> out a two, but the referee's like, "Oh no, you were supposed to get pinned there." So they just ring the bell, and Bradshaw sort of goes, "Uh," like that, <laughs> and then he goes. And I was thinking, I mean, you know, what a shame to see a ref. You know, end a match prematurely, <laughs> and then and Bradshaw's like, oh, you know, and it's all like set a precedent. Again, why didn't they just go? Oh shit, you should have got pinned there. Get pinned quickly. Yeah, easy, done. Yeah. There's another five minutes on the match, <laughs> and they don't do it. And I, but I thought to myself, well, at least that is going to be the only controversy that mires this event. <laughs> you know, that's the thing we're all talking about. <laughs> when are people going to start talking about Bradshaw? Being part of the Montreal Screwjob, <laughs> eh? Oh, they, they, I don't understand. It was quite a slow match, though, for me. Like, I don't know why mm. they... Because some of the better um, shows that we've seen have opened with absolute barnstorming quick matches. Yeah. But I guess maybe just the physicality of the guys. Yeah, and, and they know that Road Dog is going to come out, work on mm. the mic, and the crowd are going to go absolutely berserk. Yeah. I mean, they do get the crowd hot. Mm. Um, Barry Windham is here. I think this is one of his sort of... It's certainly coming to the end of his career, but he has put on quite a lot of weight. Yeah. And he looks like a darts player but who's taken his top off and is running around he's not bad in the ring but he just looks his head is small but his body's gone big and it's uh, it's a weird look man. it's a weird look um, 
the, the the match also ends with Billy Gunn doing a leg, leg drop off the top, which is mm. nowhere near Thrasher. Yeah, but he pins him anyway, yeah. and it's you know. But the crowd are hot. They mm. hate. They hate. Billy Gunn and Road Dog. <laughs> they really hate them. Um, they would go on to be, within a couple of years, one of the most popular tag teams of all time. Oh, really? Yeah, so we'll uh, see that as it unfolds. Um, second match, the Truth Commission versus the Disciples of Apocalypse. Mm. Um, Truth Commission, uh, not a particularly well-remembered or liked gimmick. No. Um, the Interrogator looks like um, the swimmer Michael Phelps. Do you know, I thought the Interrogator looks exactly like uh, Russell Norman, who is the owner of the chain of restaurants Polpo. <laughs> and I know. I know that I sounds my, obscure. I think mine might connect a bit easier, uh, Mark. To be oh, honest. yeah, because our listeners can't operate Google or Bing. <laughs> Bing. <laughs> I heard or really... America Online, which you hear a lot of on so, this Survivor Series. Uh, uh, one of the things that I was looking at for this <laughs> is in 2017, the porn company Brazzers right. made a porn parody of uh, the Montreal Screwjob. Right. And unlike <laughs> Wrestling with Shadows, I think the WWE did nix this one on trademark <laughs> things but it was made but one of the things that came up when I was searching for it is someone said oh I found a, this was on a Reddit squared circle mm. forum and someone had said I found a couple of the the, the uh, promo pics yeah. for this film which is called wittily The Fuck Job yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a woman playing Bret Hart called Romy Rain not Roman Reigns but right, just a yeah. weird sort of thing um, there's a woman playing Shawn Michaels and there's a bloke playing Vince McMahon so that's <laughs> uncomfortable with the whole thing but someone was saying they said I found the promo pictures uh, on Bing mm. and someone had gone Bing <laughs> and the guy had said no Bing is such a good site if you are searching for porn and the reason for this is Google has filtered all porn results out. Right. So Bing, Bing is better. <laughs> and they were saying people who are really into finding specific. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 